Good morning and welcome on in. It's Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 presented by Twin Peaks. Tyler Aki, Shane Orland. We talk college football with you every single Saturday until 11 a.m. right here on ESPN 1000. And boy, I don't know if you could sleep last night, Shay. Because it felt like Christmas Eve. Oh, man. We have the September slate of the year. A top three slate for the entire season as well. And we're going to preview it all with you here on Chicago's College Tailgates. And, boy, I mean, I think we start with Oregon and Colorado. But you've got Ole Miss Bama today. You've got Clemson, Florida State. You've got Ohio State, Notre Dame. You've got games galore on this Saturday, we will touch them all and give you our picks as well. And we're going to give you who we think we're going to learn the most about in week four of college football. How crazy is that? We're already in week four of this thing. And you know what? I've been waiting all summer for this week. Yes. We have for so, today. We kind of scouted things out. I remember this, all right? We were at Cody's one day. It was myself. It was you. A couple other buddies. And we're looking through, all right, what is slate of the year in college football? And this was one of the ones that we came up with today. And it honestly has gotten a little bit better given the way that some of the season has transpired. Thank you dearly, Pac-12, with uh, your overachieving that you've done so far this season. Shout out Coach Prime. Shout out Coach Prime. Shout out Oregon State. Shout out Washington State. Shout out UCLA. Shout out all those teams that were sort of on the fringes of the Pac-12 that have worked their way into relevancy here in 2023. But let's start with this Colorado and Oregon game because, boy, we've got a lot to get to with this one. Coach Prime is a three-touchdown underdog against Oregon. This is how they open up Pac-12 play. Is Is this where we start to see the Colorado love fizzle out? Today's the day. Tonight, listen, I know I gave Nebraska a couple weeks ago. I said the, the, the Colorado hype has gone too far. Today's the day. Even after the TCU game, people looked ahead and said Oregon's going to be the fade spot. I don't think those people realized Oregon would be a three-touchdown favorite in the game. Mm-hmm. But I, I heard a stat earlier this week that when two top 25 teams meet, and one of them's favored by north of 17, they cover the number better than 70% of the time. Wow. You are looking at two teams where the books are basically telling you, you've got two top 25 teams, and one of them ain't top 25. Mm -hmm. And that one is Colorado. And you look at everything that's transpired since last week when you had double overtime to beat a god-awful Colorado State program. And you lost your best player in Travis Hunter, who's not just your best corner, is also your best wide receiver, plays 125 snaps a game. He's out. Listen, best of luck. Now you go to Eugene, you go to Oxen Stadium, life gets a little more real for Coach Prime today. And this is the day for me where, look, Colorado's been a fun story for everybody, but they are not a good football team. And Oregon is. I think Oregon beats the brakes off of this Colorado team today, and that hype balloon pops. Listen, I think two things can be true here. Colorado's a fun team and can still be a fun team after this game. Now, Oregon's defense is going to be a level up over some of the things that they've faced so far. This a season. level up? The, the de- well, they did the, play maybe, Nebraska earlier maybe in Maybe four or five levels up. But, but also, the thing that concerns me the most for Colorado in this game 
is the Oregon offense. This is an absolute juggernaut that is, if not one, two in most statistical categories and probably will be top two or three in most statistical categories in the Pac-12 for the majority of this season here. And, I mean, this is a team that, here's their point totals that they've put up. 81, it was Portland State, not really going to give a lot of credence hey, there. It's a Portland State team that scored 100 points. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, 38 again, on the road against Texas Tech and 55 at home against Hawaii. Now, Oregon really hasn't played anyone either, but they are a potent offense with a Heisman caliber quarterback in Bo Nix. And I think Dan Lanning has done a wonderful job since he stepped foot there in Eugene. This is a top 10 team right now and a top 10 team for a reason. Part of why the Pac-12 is going to be so fun this year is because of the dog race that you have that includes the Oregon Ducks. Them with Washington, with USC, with Utah. All of these teams are so fun to watch, and a lot of it is because of the quarterback play. This is an elite quarterback conference, and listen, Colorado's a part of that in terms of the good quarterbacks that have emerged as a part of this 2023 season, but this, to me, is a no contest today. I do think we see Oregon beat the brakes off of Colorado, but I still think we're going to see fun Colorado for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think Colorado's a fun team, but here's the deal. Like, if you go and start to dig in to some of the nerd stuff, to some of the analytics, they are defying everything. This is a Colorado team that cannot run the football. Cannot. Mm -hmm. The offensive line is awful. They cannot protect Shadur Sanders. He's getting hit a ton. He may not survive if he keeps getting hit the way he's been getting hit. Now you go up against Oregon with a really strong front seven. They'll get to the quarterback on an offensive line that stinks. You're living on explosive plays. I think the magic runs out when you go up against an Oregon team that's just straight up legit. Like, this is a real top 10 team. On the road, too, for Colorado. And people are going to bring up the Texas Tech deal. When you go north to south and you play at Texas Tech and it takes the pick six to cover a number, Mm -hmm. look, I had Texas Tech in that game. It's a tough spot for Oregon. But when you're back home at Autzen Stadium, one of the 10 most difficult places to play in America, I don't care who you are, and you don't have Travis Hunter. Yeah, if you don't have hands off, not just your best defensive player, but also your best offensive player as well. Like I know Shadur Sanders is getting all the headlines, but Travis Hunter is a big reason why that offense goes. You look at the 100-yard games. Like, he is the difference maker. He is a five-star for a reason. And now when you lose the five-star, you're really lacking in talent in a lot of spots. You're really lacking. And it's going to get exposed today. And then you just look at, and and again, this is geeky stuff if you're into the gambling side of it. You look at this line opens at 16 and a half, 17. Mm And everybody's betting Colorado. And the books go, oh, you like him at 17? Well, how about 19? Oh, you like him at 19? Here's 20. Oh, you like him at 20? Here's 21. Keep betting Colorado. You I think know I what? saw 99% of the, the money line bets are, on are coming in on a Colorado team that's over 6-1. to one. Do you know what that is? That's a sports book that has gotten their ass handed to them by Coach Prime for three weeks where everybody's fading them. People, everybody was on TCU. Then all of the sharp money, all of the pro money goes to nebraska the entire public is on colorado books get killed you get the colorado state game now you're at oregon and you're just taking money on colorado and you're telling people we'll give you more points to bet them they're not running a charity 
Mm-hmm. This 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 is a situation for me. Oregon puts fifty on them. I, this might be a thirty piece. Like I don't think Colorado comes close to covering this number. And it's no disrespect to Dion. He's done something really cool. I love the way he's embraced the NIL. I love the way he's embraced the transfer portal. The sunglasses are awesome. He's everything the, that's right with the sport. The Stetson hat's awesome. I, like, everything about it is fun. He's turned Colorado one of the worst programs in the country for a long time. Almost inarguably the worst Power 5 school in football. And Did you he's see made the TV cool. numbers last week? It moon landing. When they play USC, do you realize Tom Brady's going to be there? The vice president's going to be there. They've got every celebrity you can dream up. I got to watch Mark Jones last weekend talk about Little Wayne is on the sideline. Tooch! I'm going, <laughs> what in the world is happening in Boulder, Colorado, where we've got Wheezy F Baby on the sideline? What has happened? It's awesome. And today, I'm sorry, the hype balloon pops. You got to play a real team now. You know it's funny too. I was watching, I think it was Sports Center last night, and, and I just see, or it was one of the halftime shows, and they just show the shot of like Coach Prime, like the little B roll shot of Coach Prime, and just in the background, there's Terrell Owens, like just because, like that's what that's how they warm up. It's, that's what they do. But for those who missed the TV ra- ratings from last week, at two fifteen in the morning Eastern time. There were still about 9 million people watching Colorado, Colorado State. 2.15 in the morning, Eastern Time. Yeah. Was it, it the most watched regular season college football game ever? I believe it was. Uh, I don't know if ever, but yeah. It is one It is one of the... It's up there. People. And it's, this it's is, unbelievable what this he's is doing. This is Colorado, Colorado State. One of the A most watched game. regular season games ever. The when, prime effect's real. When like, they play today at 2.30 on ABC... I mean, we're going to see 15 million people watching this. And then when they play Caleb Williams next week mm-hmm. at 11 a.m. Through the roof. You're talking about 25, 30 million people. It'll be the most watched game. in college. It may outrate a playoff game. It really might. It, it, it might. Well, and then you consider in the playoff, one of the matchups inevitably is going to be not good. And people will turn it off going into mm-hmm. the third quarter. Like the USC deal, people are going to watch that game. Even if USC's putting 40 on them, you, they're going to watch that game. Now, for Colorado this week, again, neither you or I are high on them to, to win this game. And I don't think a lot of people truly think that Colorado is going to win this game. A lot of people, I think, are even thinking, okay, this one could get ugly. But for me, what constitutes success for Colorado, because I think there's building blocks to this, what constitutes success for Colorado is let me see that the offense can still bring the juice against one of these top-tier teams. Yeah. Because if... Colorado can go out there and put up 30 quality points. I'm not saying, oh, they get 10 in the first half and then get 14 garbage points in the in the fourth quarter when the game's way out of hand. If you can get me 30 quality points in this game, I'll really start to buy in. You're not going to beat Oregon, but could you beat UCLA? Could you beat Washington State? Could you beat some of those teams? That's when I'll start to buy in that, okay, you might actually be a top 25 team in America. This They remind me a little of Kansas last year. Starts off fun, things go well early, Kansas starts 5-0, and it's a little bit of that, and then the schedule gets real. And it, granted, there was a quarterback injury, mm-hmm. you lost seven straight, but this is like, look, I was wrong on Nebraska, I get it, but this, you're entering legit territory now, and I wonder, do they have more than two wins left on their schedule? Arizona State and Arizona stick out as the two most mm-hmm. winnable games. Stanford, Stanford. But the rest of them? 
Man, like, you're not beating Oregon today. Maybe you cover, but this one's got, like, 52-20 to 20 written all over it to me. That defense was bad with Travis Hunter in. With Travis Hunter out, they're awful. They, Oregon might score every time they touch the football. Like, that's a legitimate... Yeah. Bo Nix could mm-hmm. put his name in the Heisman race today. Oh, well, it's there. And he better but he tip his put... cap to Dion when he does it, because it's yeah. the only reason anybody's going to care. Yeah, because, uh, like... If Bo Nix goes out there and throws for four or five touchdowns in this spot when the nation is watching, his Heisman, his Heisman, I don't know what he's at right now. I, I, I can take a look in a second, but like he'll catapult to maybe like two or three. Yeah. He could leap Sam Hartman. Leap Sam, I mean, leap Sam Hartman. He could leap Michael Penix today. Yeah. It's it, this, this is Bo Nix's shot. It's Oregon's shot. And it's all thanks to Coach Prime. Like that's. And look, if I lose today, you tip your cap. I will take it like a man. I'm not going to continue to hate Colorado or be anti-Colorado. If they go out and they cover, like, if they're within 17 in this game, you just go, all right, Dion's doing a wonderful job, might be the best coach in America, F it. Like, that, you tip your cap. You take it like a man. But I just don't see it because this team is not good. And I'm tired of the hype where we have the 19 next to their name on a team that every, you're Tyler, a hater. You're Tyler, a hater. They had a three and a half win total. And what are what, we doing? And they're at three already. It, like this team has a three and a half win total, and if you look at the schedule, there's a good chance they're going to a bowl game. I, I'd be surprised still if they go to a bowl. I would you take, realize that like beat Arizona State, beat Stanford, beat Arizona bowl game. I would take under five and a half because I th- th- look, you got to go to Tempe for the Arizona State game too. That's not easy. I don't care how bad Arizona State is. You don't just go to Tempe and, and blow somebody out. I think you can. Mate, Tem- look, since when again, is Tempe some beast of a of an opponent? Well, it's it, you know, it's early enough in the year it's still going to be hotter than hell when you come down from the mountains and you go to Tempe. You got to play in the desert. It ain't easy. Well, you're playing in altitude. And the playing other thing in altitude's too, probably tougher. The other thing, too, is that, again, they cannot protect, protect Shadur Sanders. And I don't know how much more pain he can take. We'll and see. you're going to have kids hyped up. We've already seen the dirty hit on Travis Hunter that took him out for multiple weeks. Are they going to have Travis Hunter when they go to Tempe? I don't know if they have three more wins on this schedule. I just don't. By the way, uh, the Heisman odds on Bo Nix, 20-1 right now. He's sixth. But today... Four or five touchdowns. That probably you definitely leapfrog Jordan Travis. You well, Sam Hartman could keep his name in the conversation today. Sam Hartman because of the game Maybe. that he's got. Should we talk about that game next? Let's do that next. That should be the game of the day. Yes, that is the real game of the day. Number six versus number nine. Ohio State against Notre Dame at Notre Dame Stadium. We'll preview that game coming up next here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Now back to the show. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. College Tailgate, presented by Twin Peaks. Tyler Aki, Shane Norling. We talk college football with you every single Saturday morning until 11 a.m. right here on ESPN 1000. All right, we've got the big one taking place in South Bend. 
It is the number six Ohio State Buckeyes, the number nine Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And this is the true game of the day. You've got an Ohio State team that sort of limped its way to 3 0, did have a breakout game last week against Western Kentucky. And then you've got a Notre Dame team who's off to one of their best 4 0 starts offensively in program history. Now, you look at the competition that Notre Dame played, it is nothing to, to write home about here. But this is Notre Dame, a three and a half point underdog at home against Ohio State. I think this is going to be one of the most telling games of the entire season. Yep. Because right now we're trying to figure out who these these two teams are. You've got a Notre Dame team where it's just kind of like, are they legit? Is this really who they are? And you've got a team on the other side in Ohio State where they've kind of tried to figure things out. We don't really know who the quarterback is with Kyle McCord because he's taken over for C.J. Stroud. We're trying to figure out if he is a true dude among the college football sphere right now. But Sam Hartman, he's got the experience. He's played in an ACC championship before. I like Notre Dame a lot in this game. And it comes down to you've got the home field advantage and you've got the quarterback that I trust more. This is easily the game of the day for me. I have placed a wager on the game, but mm-hmm. it's not one you need to. This is the order a pizza, pour a cocktail, sit down on the couch, and enjoy yourself. Six third NBC finally getting their money's worth. This is theater. This is as good as college football gets. Two top ten teams, two brand names, mm-hmm. two of the top five brands, two, maybe two of the top three brands in the sport in Ohio State and Notre Dame, head to head in South Bend. Touchdown, Jesus! On the behind you, every which show is there today. This is one of the games I've been the most excited about all season. Last season, it was one of the games I was most excited about when they played at the Shoe. I cannot wait to sit down and watch. Uh, And honestly, I'm a little concerned about Notre Dame in this game. And the reason for me is I know that we're kind of iffy on Ohio State. They looked awful offensively against Indiana to open the year 23-3. You get Youngstown State, who cares? You play Western Kentucky, who cares? But you win that game 63-10. to Finally, the receivers show some life. Marvin Harrison's running all over the field. Kyle McCord looks decent. And honestly, Tyler, I think they've left Kyle McCord in a little bit of bubble wrap. And now you've got the Notre Dame game. They didn't put anything on tape for Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman to take a look at. Sam Hartman, the Jim Knowles defense, this is the best defense that they've seen. And they played NC State on the road. This defense with the linebackers will take away everything Ohio State wants to do or Notre Dame wants to do in the middle. You've got Audric Estime on Notre Dame's side, who I think is probably the best running back in America, but you're not going to be able to just run the ball and keep up with the Buckeyes. I'm really concerned about Notre Dame in this spot. The flip side is they win this game. The playoff resume the playoff is, there. is built. Yeah. The problem is always going to be for them. They don't have a conference and they don't play a conference yeah. title. So you still got to beat USC which that's going to be the marquee game. If both of them are undefeated going into it, that's the marquee game of the year. Mm -hmm. But today, right now, this is the marquee game of the year, and I cannot wait to watch it. Here's where I look and why I feel a little bit better about Notre Dame. Think about this game last year. This game last year was played on the road at the shoe, and the quarterback matchup was C.J. Stroud and Tyler Buckner. And now 
You look at the quarterback matchup this year. Yeah. It was a close game last year. 21-10. Notre Dame was actually leading at halftime. That was opening week. It was opening it? week. Yeah, week one. And, and again, you can maybe things get a little wonky week one, whatever. But this was a close game last year. And you're significantly upgrading at quarterback on the Notre Dame yep. side. Their offensive line is one of the best in all of America, maybe the best in all of America. I think that they can hold up against this Ohio State team. I'm not too worried. The thing that worries me is if the Ohio State receivers, whether it's Emeka Abuka, whether it's Marvin Harrison Jr., if they're the ones that really just game break this thing, if they can run rampant on Notre Dame and just get out in space. That's when I fear Ohio State. But I don't really fear much about Ohio- the rest of Ohio State. They've got the talent advantage here, but I think Notre Dame's got the continuity. They've got the big players at the important pieces, and I think you look at on the offensive line and at the quarterback, significant advantage Ohio State. And I think that's where this game's going to be won. Yeah, it, it, to, you mean significant advantage Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Quarterback yeah, yes. and offensive line. Quarterback, offensive line, yes. That's the thing with Ohio State that scares me going in here is they haven't been able to run the ball. And when you're going up against Notre Dame and you're going to want to, if this gets dragged down into the mud and you start playing a rock fight, you're going to need to be able to run the ball. Obviously, Notre Dame can do that much better, which is a little... Weird to say. Ohio State should have good offensive linemen. They have Travion Henderson. He should be among the best backs in the country. He just isn't. So you're right. Like Notre Dame's back seven is not bad. So that's where if those receivers can't get free and Kyle McCord doesn't get some of the easy stuff, you get concerned. I'm a little concerned about Ryan Day. I don't know that his offense is any good. I don't know why he said all offseason we're going to play two quarterbacks and then elected not to. Devin Brown's gotten like no snaps. Yeah. So it's just, it's been really interesting watching Ohio State, but I wonder how much they know they can win the first three games. They got freebies with Indiana, Youngstown State, and Western Kentucky. How much were they not doing? How much of Kyle McCord were they not showing? How much of the receiving core were they not showing? And just keeping things kind of basic. And today's the day where you just open it up. Yeah. Because on paper going into this, like Ohio State should be favored and in the offseason, I would have thought this would be they'd be favored by even more. I didn't know Notre Dame was going to be this good. No, I, listen, I'm with you on that. Like leading into the season, what, what was the the open line? Like the the preseason look ahead line. What was it like look, six or something? Yeah, it was probably closer to a touchdown because mm-hmm. you think about like the whole narrative was you bring in Sam Hartman from Wake Forest. Now he wants to play in a pro style offense. He wants to go to the NFL. He wants to prove he can do it. New OC. But the skill position players at Notre Dame are legitimately worse than the skill position players that he had at Wake Forest in the receiving game. Running back, obviously, mm-hmm. con- considerably better. Mm-hmm. So you just wonder how much of that plays out. Like the first three weeks, you, you try not to overreact. You try not to take too much from it because they're playing nobodies. Notre Dame's got the better win of the two teams going to NC State and blasting them. But you just, I don't want to overreact and go, and I did. After week one, I overreacted with Ohio State. I said, they might stink. But today's the day, Ryan Day, Kyle McCord, you can prove that you don't. Kyle McCord may have the most riding on today. Out of any player in America, it might be Kyle McCord. Yeah. Because he's going to have to go into one of the most hostile environments, go into Notre Dame Stadium, and try to take down a top 10 team with a, a good defense and... It's just a well-coached team. We talked about the Colorado game 
how this Bo, is his first big start of his career. Yeah, but we talked about Bo Nix as an opportunity to get into the Heisman conversation. Kyle McCord does too. Like Kyle McCord goes out and balls and he, like three hundred fifty yards, three four touchdowns. He's going to be in the Heisman conversation. If you go to Notre Dame and you just win, you're, you're going to be in that conversation. And then so you set is... your, your path up well, too, because you still have a game against Penn State. You still have a game against yep. Michigan. Like, you set your path up. You could have a game in the Big Ten Championship as well. It, like, today's huge for both of these quarterbacks. We're going to find out. Has Sam Hartman just been beating up on nobodies? Or is he a legitimate, like, lead this team to the playoff type of quarterback? Yeah, that's really what's going to be shown on NBC at 630 tonight. Who is Sam Hartman? I want to find out. I've got a question for you. If both of these, let's say both of these quarterbacks ball out, who wins? Ohio State. I would lean with you there too. If it, if this I'm becomes, just not bought in on McCord yet. If this becomes a quarterback game and they're both playing really well, Ohio State wins because they have the better. They receivers. have the weapons. Yep, mm-hmm. I'm they right have there with infinitely you. Infinitely better receivers. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. All right, when we come back. We've previewed two games on today's slate, but there are a bevy more that we need to get to. We will run through that, and also we'll get you our picks for the games today as well. It's all coming up next. Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's football game day starts with Chicago's College Tailgate. From red shirts to mascots to your school's alma mater, Chicago's College Tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. All right, Shay, let's break down what we're going to see this week. And I think the most important question we can ask leading into this week four slate is, Who in the top 10 are we going to learn the most about today? Because when you look at the slate here of teams in the top 10, you've got Michigan hosting Rutgers today, Florida State traveling to Clemson. We mentioned the Oregon game against Colorado already. You've also got, let's see who else we've got here. We've got Georgia hosting UAB, not going to learn anything there. Texas going on the road to Baylor. Six versus nine, Ohio State and Notre Dame. And then in the Pac-12, you're not going to learn much about USC going to Arizona State or Washington hosting California. But who in the top ten do you think we are going to learn the most about today? For me, like it would be easy to go to one of the top 25 matchups, the six versus nine. For me, it's actually Michigan. Michigan, when you look at their schedule and who they've played so far, it's nobodies. And then you think about... J.J. McCarthy turning the ball over three times last weekend against Bowling Green. And the struggles that they have had running the football. But now you get your coach back. Jim Harbaugh's self-imposed suspension is over. He's back on the sideline. We know Jim Harbaugh, as a person, is going to want to go out and probably commit a murder in terms of football today. Remind everybody, I'm back, we're back, we never left. But when the, the struggles running the ball have been a huge concern for me as far as the early goings of this season. With when two you're, great backs. You've, Donovan Edwards, what happened? He's horrible. He can't. I mean, he's averaging like two and a half yards per carry. Blake Corum, I give a pass to for the injury. But. but this was supposed to be the best offensive line in America with two stellar NFL-style backs running behind it, and they can't run on nobody teams. Then you've got your quarterback, who everybody sells as a Heisman guy, turning the ball over like it's candy against Bowling Green. 
This is a spot, if you're Michigan, you bring Rutgers in, it's your first conference game, it's a Shiano team that's a little bit better than I think people expected, 3-0 and coming into this, Shiano maybe finally building something in New Jersey, and this is an opportunity for Michigan to kind of go, look, we never left, we can still murder these teams, and we're going to. This is the statement for Harbaugh, prove that the reason you struggled so badly in your non-conference schedule against no one was that you weren't on the sideline. I think we will learn, is Michigan actually a team that you should be concerned about in terms of they might not win the Big Ten and make the playoff? Or is it just too much much ado about nothing? They're legit, and they'll take Rutgers handily. I think we learned the most about Michigan today. It's a big day for J.J. McCarthy, too, because he's got his coach back. I mean, it seems like there's a true, genuine brotherhood between him and Harbaugh. Yeah. He's the one that's out there always wearing the free Harbaugh shirts and all that stuff. So I do think it's a big day for J.J. McCarthy, who struggled turning the ball over so far this season. I mean, the fumbles on the goal line. It's well, that, the interceptions as well. Like He has not been impressive so far to start the season. And this is a guy who's been to two playoffs. And this we just talked about we don't know what Kyle McCord is. He doesn't look that good. His numbers are better than J.J. McCarthy's right now. And we talk about Kyle McCord being dog bleep. Mm-hmm. Why are we not having that conversation about J.J. McCarthy? He's been horrible. Yeah. So it's just, for me, Michigan's the team we learned the most about today. You go out, you play a real opponent finally, and we got to see, do the concerns and the red flags that popped up in your non-conference schedule actually matter? My team that I'm going to go with here, same time window, 11 a.m., but I'm going to go with Florida State. because. And listen, I think we're going to learn more about them, but for a different reason here. Like, with Michigan, they can still win the game and still are probably going to win the game. And you'll still get a determination off of them. Florida State is a win-loss that we're going to make a determination off. Because if they win this game, going into Death Valley against Clemson today on the road, that's going to make a statement. Even though a lot of people are down on Clemson after what they saw in the opener. But if you look at what Clemson has done so far this season, like the opener was bad. It was clunky. But that was a very winnable game for Clemson. Like, Two goal line fumbles. Like, fumbles to me are more of the fluky type turnover as opposed to interceptions. Especially when you lose them and especially along the goal line as well. It wasn't like Clemson didn't move the ball in that game against Duke. They moved the ball plenty in that game. They just couldn't capitalize whether it was fourth downs, the turnovers, the blocked field goals that they had in that game too. It was a a, a myriad of things that plagued them in this game. But remember... They're also bringing in a new OC. They're starting a new quarterback. There's going to be growing pains. And to go up against a team like Duke on the road as well, it's not like Duke's some cakewalk anymore. Duke's a legitimate team. Duke's a top 25 team in the country and probably should be given more respect because they've got the quarterback, they've got the coach, they've got a good infrastructure going on down in Durham right now. I think we're overreacting a little bit to that first week. Sure, it wasn't Clemson standards, right? But I do think Clemson is one of the 25 best teams in America. Yeah. And this is going to tell a lot here because they don't have the number next to their name. So it's not technically a top 25 showdown between these two. But it is, for all intents and purposes, a top 25 matchup between Clemson and Florida State. And to your point, like the, on paper, Clemson should have blasted Duke. Like, when you look back at that game, that feels like a spot. You can't cap for the goal line turnovers. You can't. They're kicking the ball all over the field. Things just didn't look right. There's no athletes. The skill positions, genuine worry. 
but on paper, they still should have won that game. Mm -hmm. And you just, you get seven points on five red zone trips. You can't ever envision that. There's no way you can look at that game and go, that's how it's going to go. You just can't. To me, Clemson, when you look at the line, too, Clemson, a two-point home dog against a team you and I think might be the best in the country. Mm -hmm. Something's up. It's ratty. The other thing on this game, quickly, what are they doing playing it at noon? Clemson's got to be pissed. This should Clemson's be a night game. Clemson's had a few of these, though. Clemson has had a few of these big games at around this time slot where they, they lead up and they are the game of the, the, the yeah. 11 a.m. window. But you, like, you're bringing Florida State to town. And this is, if you have two conference losses before the calendar flips to October, get the pallbearers out. Start building the coffin for Dabble because that program's dead. Like, mm-hmm. this is... We'll get to it in the picks. I can't envision a world where Clemson loses this game. Because if they do, we are playing taps for the program. I know they haven't really played anyone so far this season, aside from Duke in that opener. But I am pretty high on the run game here. Will Shipley, fantastic. And this offensive line brings back four pieces from a year ago. And you got to remember how Clemson was built. And I think still one of the things that they have done, even though they don't have the skill guys, they still have the dudes in the trenches, and you're talking about guys who are all conference level. Like these Clemson teams of the past, you look along the offensive line, and it is all ACC first team, first team, second team, second team, like littered with them. And it is the same thing. They still have the guys in the trenches that I think can make this run game work. And I think if Clemson's going to win this game, it's going to have to be low scoring, it's going to have to be a bleed the clock type of deal here because and then defensively too don't let Jordan Travis beat you with his legs that is how they lost the game against Duke Riley Leonard ran for almost 100 yards in that game Jordan Travis if they can contain him with the legs because I think they still have some good defensive backs for Clemson they're still going to be able to contain the passing game I'm not expecting some nuclear performance from Keon Coleman in this game if they can control Jordan Travis's legs Clemson is going to win this game. Yeah, I agree. So, all right. When we come back, we will go through the rest of the slates, all of the big games. We will pick them for you coming up next and also craft our show parlay as well. Chicago's College Tailgate presented by Twin Peaks. Shay and Tyler. Tyler. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Now back to the show. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Thank you to Justin Pottinger for producing today's show. As we wrap things up here, Chicago's College Tailgate presented by Twin Peaks. Let's get in to the picks and head on over to Justin Pottinger for a loaded slate of picks that we've got on tap today. What do you got, Justin? Loaded slate today, boys. A lot of games, a lot of good ones. Let's start with Florida State minus two at Clemson. Hear that music? Yeah. SEC on CBS. I will never forget. Big 10 on SEC. No, no, no. Big 10 on CBS. SEC on CBS. The best is when this is played for like the Mountain West games at night. Pottinger, (laughs) Florida State laying two at Clemson. Clemson plus the two. It's the strangest looking line on the board. Florida State should be like a touchdown favorite. We think they're the best team in the country. This is the rattiest line I've ever seen against a Clemson team that might stink. It's a spot where it makes no sense, so you ride the lightning. I'm taking the home dog. 
Clemson getting to? I'm matching you there. Clemson, to me, is going to run the ball. They're going to stick to what they are, what they know as a team. They're going to run the ball. Let those guys in the trenches win this game for them. Awesome. We got Oklahoma today, minus 13 at Cincinnati. Boomer Sooner, my preseason pick for Big 12 champion. I'm sticking with it, despite the fact Texas is back. There's not a world where Cincinnati belongs on a field with Oklahoma. You lost Luke Fickle. You lost everything from the team that went to the playoff a couple years ago. There's no skill. There's very little talent on this team to me. I think Oklahoma races them off their own field. Oklahoma laying 13. I'm with you. I mean, no. Or, uh, Oklahoma has just run teams off the field all season long. And, and nobody I, believes in them still. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. I, I'm, I'm with you on Oklahoma. That Dylan is an ele- Gabriel is legit a Heisman yes. quarterback. And, and you, he's got an 11 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio right now. Like, he's going to go out there and probably throw for five or six touchdowns today. And, and just do it again. Virtually every metric, Oklahoma is the best offense in America. By mm-hmm. virtually every metric, and nobody's talking about them. Lay it. Yep. 13 with Sooners. I'm with you. Awesome, guys. How about Colorado today? Minus 21 or plus 21 at Oregon. Can Prime get it done? What are you fisting the mic for over there? I'm getting my effing money back. You got it last week. No, because I went too large on Nebraska. I'm going large today on Oregon. This is this is Snorling's lock of the week. Oh, boy. The balloon pops today. The Buffs in Prime, they go to Austin Stadium, and they get their ass kicked. Oregon, Leda Wood, 21. I'm with you. Three touchdowns. No, they're not stopping Oregon today. Colorado is not stopping them one time today, which means they'll, they'll probably get stopped on their first drive. But that's neither here nor there. No, I'm telling Oregon, you, Oregon is going to run up and down the field on this team. Or- and it's just going to be, all right, Colorado, can you keep up? Like, this is going to be, for Colorado, can you get to 30 points? That's what it's going to be today. I don't know if they can. Oregon's going to score every time they touch the ball. I swear. That defense for Colorado is awful. What's next, Justin? All right, guys. Utah minus three versus UCLA. Yeah, kind of a weird one. I feel like most people are going to be on UCLA here. Utah, again, it sounds like without Cam Rising. Rising. Mm -hmm. It just something's up with this program. But here's the deal. They've got one of the best defensive fronts in the Pac-12. They've got one of the best defensive fronts in the country. UCLA with a rookie quarterback going to Rice-Eccles Stadium, and they want to run the ball. Utah ain't going to let them. I like laying the three here with Utah at home. I have my quarterback questions with Utah, but I do not have my defensive questions with this team. Kyle Whittingham's going to have this team. They would have stumbled already. Yeah. That, if the, this was truly a problem, they would have stumbled. The Florida me, game felt like the moment for them mm-hmm. to stumble. And, and, I mean, even the Baylor game was a, a little dicey for them as well. They didn't cover in that game, but they still won. Give me Utah. This is going to be a great game today, guys. Alabama minus seven versus Ole Miss. It goes against my better judgment to think that Saban is going to lose two straight in Tuscaloosa, but that team just looks horrible. Three quarterbacks that can't play. You're Jaylen going back. Milrow's back today. You're going back to Milrow. But here's the dirty secret on Ole Miss. Ten sacks in three games. And Alabama's got an offensive line that can't stand upright. I think they, Ole Miss gets to the quarterback. Pottinger keep the seven. Ole Miss wins outright. And Bama, you are dead. I am with you on that one. I like Ole Miss today. We are, are five for five in lockstep so far. Yeah, I think that's gonna, weird. That's going to change at a certain point. Um, but Ole Miss is my pick as well. I'm with you. This is if if you're looking for a dog money line, this is the one. Sweet. How about Oregon State minus three at Wazoo? What are we doing? Wazoo, baby. You Ooh. don't go to Pullman and win. 
You're giving me three points on the Palouse? I got to ride with the Cougs. They got this kid on Incarnate Word, Cam Ward. All he does is bomb the football. They are so fun to watch. It's like an acid trip. Every time you watch Wazoo's offense, they're just throwing the ball around the yard like it's backyard football. I like Wazoo getting the points here. DJ, you looked off last week for Oregon State. Give me the Cougs. I think it, I like Oregon State in this one. I think that this is an offense that they've got multiple dimensions with Oregon State. I think the more balanced attack wins today. Sweet, sweet. Penn State, guys, is minus 14 at Iowa. What are we doing? Uh, I think that Iowa's quarterback, Cade McNamara, the Michigan transfer, not only does he suck, he's also maybe hurt. And I don't know that Iowa can score. You put a contract stipulation for your offensive coordinator, who's the head coach's son, that they have to average 24 points and they haven't been able to do it yet. I don't know that they score at all today. Penn State might have the best defense in America. I love Penn State laying 14 in this spot. I'm going with our Nittany Lions. I'm actually going to go on the other side here. I think this is last week's game all over again. Penn State and Illinois, this is a leveled-up Iowa defense, though. It was an 18-point win last time for Penn State, so I think it'll be inside the number of 14 this time around. Sweet. And then possibly game of the day, Ohio State minus three at Notre Dame. This should be a good one. Not possibly. It is the game of the day. The Ohio State University playing the game of the day. And look, man. You've got one of the most publicly bet teams in America in Notre Dame, one of the largest alumni bases in the country, a team everybody loves to bet on. Buckeyes laying three for me. It, this is You're giving me three points at home with the Fighting Irish and everybody loves them. It's too easy. The books ain't running a charity. I'm taking the bucks. I'm on the other side of this game. I don't think this is as public as you're saying it is. Ohio State is just as public of a team and definitely has a bigger alumni base than Notre Dame does. Give me Notre Dame, uh, the home dog here, the better quarterback. I think that this is going to be a Notre Dame coming out party, and you're going to see them knocking on the door of the college football playoff after this game. Two men enter, one leaves. All right. Go Bucks. Let's get into our parlay picks for the week. Last week, we came up just a leg short. Um, My fault. My fault. The Houston Cougars could not cover for us. F them. Dana Holgerson, you're on notice. That was a bad, bad showing from them. All right, who do you like this week, Shay? I am going to go with the over on the Palouse. Oregon State, Wazoo, points galore, over 58 and a half. All right, I am also going to go with an over, but I'm taking a team total here. I'm going to take Oregon's over 45 and a half team total points on this one. They're not going to be stopped. So why why would we try to to limit their points here? Over 45 and a half for Oregon. Wow, two overs? Two overs from you guys? I'll go Miami, minus 23 and a half, first Temple. I love it, guys. Miami's just going to steamboat over them. It's going to be a 30-point W for them. Love Miami today. Add it to the parlay. All right, so when you wrap it all together here, you get plus 638. Again, that is... Miami minus 23 and a half over 45 and a half for Colorado and Oregon and over 57 and a half in Oregon State and Washington State. You can get up a 50% uh, profit boost as well on that on FanDuel. That gets you plus 957. You're getting Not almost bad. 10 to 1. I feel like we've got a winner today, Shay. I feel like we got one. One of these weeks it's going to hit. All right. That is going to do it for us here on Chicago's College Tailgate. The parlay is in. We will tweet it out for you as well. Um, Don't forget, we've got our Monday wrap-up podcast as well where we recap the entire weekend of college football. 
and tell you everything that you need to know about what went down, maybe anything you missed, and we'll re- be recapping an epic slate. This is the slate of the year so far, so enjoy it out there. We thank you all for listening. We will talk to you on the Monday podcast on Monday, and then we'll be back with you from 10 to 11 right here on ESPN 1000 on Saturday. Chicago's College Tailgate, Peggy and Dion coming up next. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago.